You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletic Show. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Postgame Podcast. Tim Fitzgerald and Cole Carmody, the day after Snowageddon and all the weirdness that went with. Kansas State's regular season ending 42-35 defeat at the hands of Iowa State. And Cole, I just want to start with this. Farmageddon never disappoints. No. There is like a curse over this series that makes games weird. Mm -hmm. I mean, weird. That was truly the strangest game I've ever covered. I've covered a lot of football. I've covered a lot of Kansas State football. I've covered some really bad efforts by Kansas State's defense. That was the most unexplainable, impossible to see coming performance by Kansas State. The stats make no sense. Everyone connected to college football is fascinated by these stats because they are so out of whack. They they point to a 70 to nothing victory. And yet the team that hardly had the ball won because when they had the ball, they just scored. It's weird, isn't it? Cole, you got 40 minutes. Explain it to me. Go. <laughs> uh, I, I wish I could do that. I, I think for me, the biggest part of this game was the snow made everything feel so much weirder. Yeah, it was surreal. Like I, you know, you see, you see Jalen Knoll on third and 18 catch the ball and run down the sideline. And I keep thinking, surely he's out of bounds, but you can't tell because there's snow and then there's the white sideline. And, you know, surely he would have stepped out of bounds or surely somebody's going to catch up to him and, and he's or he's going to slip. He's going to lose his footing. Folks, I can tell you, I was on the field before the game. The footing was horrible. If you ever were a kid and you went outside during a snowstorm and played football with your friends in the backyard and you were slipping and sliding all over the place because, you know, in the backyard, the snow was covering the field. That's exactly what it was like. Yeah. Like they were not – there's no heat under the field. This isn't the NFL. They're not m- taking snow off the field in between halftime. I mean there were inches of snow on the field. That's what I think people might not realize. Yeah, so, it was hard to tell on TV, but there was a good they, – they were keeping the yard lines clear and the hash marks clear. But, folks, there was a good three, four inches by game's end sitting on the field. Yeah, and – 
that's why I think it was so impressive when you look at um, Sama from Iowa State, the fact that he was able to have those amazing, incredible, just ridiculous runs and stay up and not go down. I, I figured that running the football was going to be a big deal. And when you look at the stats, K-State tried to run the ball 54 times. They did run for over 200 yards, but um, yeah, I, I, it's just, it's unexplainable fits. Like it, the defensive effort was horrible and I, I don't know what to compare it to because they just looked uninspired they looked like they weren't really prepared and honestly they looked like they really didn't want to be out there at some uh, points during the game and Iowa State did yeah uh, there's a rumor Abu Sama did not take the team flight home he just took off running and beat the flight home <laughs> he was absolutely phenomenal uh, this folks this was their third string running yeah. back this was a true freshman who hasn't played much this season 16 carries, 276 yards, three touchdowns, 17.2 yards per carry, which came down as the night went on. They only ran the ball 23 times, and he was 16 of them. Four of them were team carries, so this must be sacks. I haven't mm-hmm. looked at the sack stats. They had 10 first downs. They only ran 35 offensive plays in the entire <laughs> game. Incredible. They only had the ball fewer than 18 minutes, and they scored on six touchdowns. From long distance. Let's, let's recap here. Sama, 71-yard touchdown. First snap of the game. Pretty much set the tone. Second quarter. First snap of the second quarter. Sama, 77-yard rush. The third quarter, the second play of Iowa State's first possession was the Knoll touchdown from Becht. Rocco Becht, mm-hmm. 79 yards. Sama came back in the third, ran another 60-yarder. Then we see a 33-yard touchdown pass. I, I, I don't even know what to say. K-State runs 102 plays in this game. Amasses almost 500 yards of offense, 497. Keeps the ball 42 minutes and loses. And by the way, we're having a 75% off special at Go Cat. It's our Black Friday special, but that's behind us, Right. It's it's now Sunday. It is. It's going to become a Cyber Monday special Ooh. here real quick. 75% off at Go Power Cat right now. You can't beat it. It's across the 24-7 Sports Network. So if you're an Oklahoma State fan or an Iowa State fan or KU fan that are kind of obsessed with K-State and you're listening to this, your site is also having a special. And if you're an Iowa State fan... Alec is the real deal up there. I was so good to see him. He covered K-State for a season. Now he's covering Iowa State. He's going to give you incredible coverage. Make sure you're subscribing to your 24-7 sports site. And if you're a K-Stater, please support us and subscribe to Go Power Cap. It's 25 bucks for the year. And, yeah, it will renew. Uh, but when it does renew, you'll get Paramount Plus for free. And I, I'm not just being the company guy when I say this. Paramount Plus is one of my favorite streaming mm-hmm. platforms. They deliver really good programming. So come check us out at Go PowerCat. I appreciate it. Make sure you're subscribing to our YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribing to our podcast. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you enjoy our podcast and you're on Apple, leave us a five-star rating. Help us reach more and more people out there um, because it's so important. These algorithms decide success or failure, and you are the key to those algorithms. Now let's move on. I'm going to make a baseball comparison here. Iowa State's offense has been feast or famine and mostly famine this year. 
they have not been good on offense. It's like they are a home run hitter who either hits a home run or strikes out. Well, if you were going to use that comparison to Saturday night, Iowa State hit five home runs. They went, or I guess, what, seven, six home runs. They scored six touchdowns. They went six for six with six home runs. That's That's literally what happened. And um, you can't beat that. You can't beat that. When, When a team is able to have those explosive plays, it demoralizes you. It makes you question your entire game plan on defense, and it changes the way that the offense has to operate. When you run 102 plays on offense, you don't have 102 plays in the playbook, Fitz. They know when you're in this formation, oh, well, if they're in this formation, they've ran this play five, six times already. I wonder if it's coming again. And sure enough, it did. Hey, let's, let's, just be, let's just be honest. K-State's offense was much less effective in the back half of the third quarter and in the fourth quarter. I think a lot of that had to do because they were literally running out of plays. I mean, you can only run so many different route concepts, different plays and out of different formations so many times. And, you know, I'm sure we're going to get into this, but we're sitting up there in the press box. When you hear those assistant coaches at Iowa State yelling in the microphone because they know what play is coming they're not just doing that they're trying to get the attention of the coaches on the sideline to tell the players hey they're in this formation this play is coming this play is coming i almost wonder if that wasn't part of the reason they were so amped up is because they knew what was going to happen and they still couldn't stop it for most of the game um but yeah i mean that makes it hard on the offense because you can only run so many plays and i think that kind of caught up to them at the end of the game yeah, we'll get into the coaches, and it's not derogatory. It was just I've never seen anything like that. What I saw from the Iowa State coaches in the booth, and again, I've covered a lot of college football, but I've never seen such hard fanning. Is that a good? Is I don't that the, even know. I mean, usually coaches are yelling and screaming, coaching, and you mentioned some of the coaching they did, but there was a lot of just cheering and mm-hmm. during the play, which is weird. Yeah, it, yeah, like you're you're there to communicate with the sideline. The sideline can't do anything with that in the middle of a play. Anyhow, we'll get into that, I think. It's not that important. It was just weird. Um, the whole night was weird. <laughs> it it honestly looked like, and, and this is hard to explain. Um, well, let's go back to uh, 2006, Ron Prince's first year. This is my favorite Ron Prince story. People ask me when I knew Ron Prince uh, was a was a phony and I started to get indications, but this was it. They go to the Texas Bowl. Now, the stadium there is semi-covered. This is against Rutgers, right? Yes. Yep. And what's his name? Ray Rice. Oh, my God. Yep. It was like riding in an elevator with him. Anyhow, um, they have that field that slides out and slides back in, and so it can be an indoor grass field. Well, they got exposed to water. And it was a wet surface, which shouldn't have happened. At an indoor stadium. At an indoor stadium. Mm -hmm. Apparently, in the packing of the equipment truck, it got too crowded. So Ron Prince made Shorty Kleinow, the the longtime equipment manager at Kansas State, remove a certain set of shoes. We don't need to take all those shoes. They were the exact shoes they needed. And Rutgers had a game kind of like this. And look, I mean, Rutgers was the better team, but K-State's slipping and sliding, and Rutgers is going twice as fast. I mean, it was just comedy. It was it was horrible to watch because the poor kids were ill-equipped literally to compete in the game. 
And of course, then Ron Prince realizing the folly of the era, error of not taking the right shoes, uh, fired Shorty for <laughs> following his orders. That's when we all knew that this was a bad dude. But that looked like last night they were wearing the wrong footwear. Both schools are Nike, so these probably have similar selections. But the way Iowa State was so much more firm-footed, they were just running away. I mean, K-State players running at full speed were not even mm-hmm. coming close to closing in the gap. Sama, I'm, I'm sure he's fast, but not that fast. He yeah. ran away from everyone. Yeah. And I don't know if it was just confidence or in the snow or um, it was literally the equipment. But K-State was moving at half speed. Everyone focuses on the, the one touchdown where Will Lee seemed to give a power boost to Sama on his way to the end zone. It looked like he just tried to push him over and instead sped him up and sent him to the end zone quicker. But watch VJ Payne on that play. He's running kind of with the guy. Mm-hmm. He looks like he has no interest in making the tackle. He doesn't go for the legs. He just watches him run. Truly bizarre stuff at times last night. Truly, truly weird crap. And I've had people, you know, blowing on my mentions. It's a sports gambling. I'm telling you, sport. No, these kids aren't throwing a game. No. There's not enough money bet on this game to make. I mean, yeah. We would have seen that the line do weird things. Um, so no one was flipping the outcome of a game. That's just it's a, it's a lazy thing to say. The kids just weren't good. The coaches weren't good. And um, I'm told people have never seen Chris Kleiman that angry. He covered it up in the press conference. I think it led to a weird final statement. Uh, but it uh, it was truly weird. I mean, the whole night was weird. I think he was angry because he couldn't explain what he saw from his own team. Can you imagine that? I mean, this is your team. This is a reflection of you. Yep. And then that happens. It's, I, I can understand his frustration. It was almost like... I'm not a parent, so I don't know this, but I've had this experience before. A straight-A student, and their parents are very comfortable. They're very happy with them. They've made some mistakes. But the straight-A student goes in for a test that they didn't study for because they had total confidence that they were going to ace it, and then they get an F. And then the parents are mad because they didn't make the student study, but they don't know how this could happen because they're so much better than that. That's what it felt like. Chris Kleiman knew if we play our game, we are going to beat Iowa State. And I think if K-State plays their game, they do beat Iowa State. I don't think Iowa State has more talent than K-State. Let that be known. Iowa State's best part of their team was the defense, and K-State was able to pretty much do whatever they wanted to on offense. But because I don't know if they weren't prepared, I don't know what happened. Right? Nobody really knows. You can look at the big plays. There's just no explanation. And quite honestly, I don't know how they're going to look at this in film and say, you should have done this, you should have done this. Because six or seven guys were out of assignment. And when six or seven guys are out of assignment, that's what leads to the big plays. It's not one guy. It's six or seven guys. And so there's just no explanation. You can't just sit there and be like, well, if we do this better, then we don't give up this play. It's we, if we do this, 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 and this better, then we don't give up the big play. But the odds of that happening were so slim because K-State was not locked in. Mentally, I think, is the biggest thing, right? They lost confidence throughout the game. They felt like anytime Iowa State was on offense, they were going to score a touchdown. They didn't have that leader that stepped up and said, nope, I'm going to make a play and make sure this doesn't happen. You know, I don't personally, I don't like to call out players whenever we do this kind of stuff. But I think that a lot of those guys have to look each other in, in the face. They got to look in the mirror and say, going forward, 
do I want to be a leader on this defense? Do I want to be a leader on this team, or do I just want to be another guy? Because there's no alphas on that defense. There's some alphas on offense, but there's no alphas on that defense that will step up and say, no, this isn't happening. They might, there might be some guys that think they are, but right now there's nobody on that defense that's going to step up and say, I'm going to make a play, and if, I, if, if we don't make that play, I'm going to get in your face and be All the right. coach on the field. Daniel Green was that guy. Yep. But they didn't have that guy throughout the entire year. That's why the, the explosions happened. The explosives happened at Texas. That's why the explosives happened at Missouri. That's why they couldn't get a stop. They did get some stops in the red zone against Oklahoma State, but that's why they couldn't stop Oklahoma State from scoring. It all came back to bite them in this last game. And I don't know if it's a lack of leadership yeah. or lack of fire or what, but there was just something missing. Austin Moore was horrible. That's the worst game I've ever seen Austin Moore play. And he knew it when he came in the media room. He, he knew he'd played mm-hmm. poorly. I, had, I think it was the last touchdown for Iowa State where they had like six defenders along the sideline and someone just needs to push him out of bounds and nobody does. Cole, I, I can't explain. I can't explain it. There was four guys, one blocker, and then the ball carrier. And he scored a touchdown. All they had to do was nudge him out of bounds. And I've had people claim that Sama was out of bounds once or twice on his touchdown runs going up the sideline, but you just couldn't see anything. I don't care. I, I mean, it's not like K-State deserved to have the play stopped. They couldn't even touch the kid. I, I'm i just bewildered by the passive nature of the play on the K-State defense. They just seemed uncertain about everything. I don't know. Honestly, folks, I don't know what more we can do to break down this game. I mean, I can just sit here and look at the stats. Uh, ben Sennett, the former hockey player, was absolutely incredible. 13 targets, 10 catches, 136 yards, and probably what was his final Kansas State game. I, I think Ben, you know, he's already been – people are very confused. You, if you're going to the Senior Bowl, you're leaving. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a junior, but he's clearly coming out. He's got nothing more to prove. He said in the post game that he wasn't, he didn't officially, he hasn't officially made his decision yet. He yeah. accepted the Senior Bowl invite to basically secure your place. But I don't know why his best friend's Will Howard. If Will Howard doesn't come back to Kansas State, I can't see Ben Sennett coming back to Kansas State. Well, that's a whole other topic that we will get into right after this break. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat Postgame Podcast. Fitz and Coles right here in the Cats and Dogs studios. We kind of recap last night's 42-35 lost Iowa State as best we can. But let's move on to the ramifications of this game. We close that first segment with talking about Ben Sennett. And Ben Sennett hasn't decided. Look, he's decided. I mean, he's going. You don't walk on senior day as a redshirt junior if you're right, going to leave. Right. He's he's going. And I think he and yeah, I think he for sure will not play the bowl game. I mean, why? I mean, this is K State hasn't encountered this much. And granted, Alabama um had this happen last year where they had most of their players play, which 
I'm, kind of. I'm still surprised by Kind that. of. Well, I mean, Bryce Young played, but he was also trying to be the number one overall pick. Right. He, now, he, Will, Will Anderson didn't play. He played like four or five snaps, and he went number two overall. Right. He had nothing to prove. Right. Uh, I'm, and I would imagine even in prep, he was hardly doing anything. Yeah. But I, I don't see Ben Sennett preparing for Pop-Tarts Bowl or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's another topic we need to get into. And Cooper Beebe, uh, he, you know, he might come back because that's the way he is, but... Cooper, I don't blame you for sitting it out. You don't have anything to prove, and you're only risking injury. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Um, some other guys might, and let's get to the elephant in the room. Will Howard has a year left, his COVID year. He has the bonus year left. We're hearing a lot of rumors about the transfer portal. I've got one school in particular I'm hearing a lot about. I mean, it, it, it's clear if that's true there's been behind-the-scenes tampering going on, which has been the biggest issue with the transfer portal. People want to say it's ruining the sport because the kids can just leave. That's not what's ruining mm-hmm. the sport. Recruiting other programs' players is ruining the sport. It, it gets back to now, um, as we've seen with Michigan, there's just no honor. Some of the things you just simply wouldn't do out of respect, or that's just all gone. He can have his people talking to anyone. And certainly the NIL collectives offer a way to have discussions with that is very indirect um, and technically not with the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. But I think I know where he'll be. And if I had to guess right now, uh, we will see him enter the portal and not play in the bowl game. I think the Will Howard era at Kansas State is over and he will play one more season at a significant power five institution. I mean, one that will turn heads. I'm to the point with Will. Well, I don't blame anything that he decides to do. No, no. Like, I, I, if it's if it's that, if it's play in the bowl game, go to the NFL draft, if it's just declare for the NFL draft, or if it's to say, you know what, I'm just going to never play football again. Whatever he decides to do. It's his decision. It's totally his decision. And after everything that he's had to go through, and, and I always have to take a step back, right? Like, I always remind myself, I feel like on this podcast every week, that Twitter is not a real place, right? Like, right. this is not a real place. These people on Twitter exist to drag people down. It's, it's unbelievable. Twitter's gotten really bad. And unfortunately, the athletes see that. So if you are a person on Twitter who is saying goodbye, Will Howard, or who his freshman year in the COVID season was telling Will Howard to transfer in very much more vital terms <sighs> than that, folks, that's why. If you want to know why Will Howard would ever leave Kansas State – it's because the the vocal minority of fans, and it's not just K-State fans, it's fans everywhere. Right. The vocal minority gets into these student-athletes' heads, and it forces them to make decisions. And unfortunately, I'm not calling out the fans. I'm just saying that's that's what happens. Like, you want to know why Ben Sennett gets mad after the Texas game? Right. That's why. That's why. And I do think whatever Will does, he's going to be successful in. He's had an amazing career at Kansas State, and he should be viewed as one of the top five quarterbacks in this program's history. I I have some similar but slightly different thoughts. I think anyone that criticizes Will Howard for his play as a true freshman in the COVID year when he was pressed into duty is a shithead. It's a person that clearly couldn't handle similar circumstances in their life, Mm -hmm. being thrown into something that is foreign. Uh, not just to him playing college football, but to all of us, the pandemic season. Being thrown into that and your security blanket in the backfield is also a true freshman. Mm-hmm. 
look, I'm going to give him a giant pass for everything. I, in fact, I thought for a true freshman, he came out playing pretty well. Now, teams caught up to him because he only had so many tricks at that age, um, and, and it went downhill. I'll give him a pass for all that. Um, I feel like a lot a lot of what Will is saying, a lot of what I've gone through is, yeah, Will, you didn't play well. Mm-hmm. And fans got upset, sometimes unfairly. Fans are emotional. They're fanatics. Sometimes they're they're grotesque in their behavior on Twitter. But they don't do that when you play well. So there is some cause and effect here that you have control over. You went through the motions at Oklahoma State. You don't expect people to be upset by that. You just clearly haven't the last two weeks been as good as you were the previous four weeks. You don't expect people to say something about that. Now, look, you played pretty well last night, but I also felt like there was a conscious effort not to get injured by running. And it's an effort that might have cost K-State the game. There was a number of times when just putting the ball under your arm and running for a first down would have changed the game. So I have grown tired of hearing I've been through a lot. Well, I'm going to give you all the support you need for the COVID season. But they they recruited Adrian Martinez because you had given them no reason to think you were ready to be the starting mm-hmm. quarterback. You gave them that reason once Adrian got hurt. You didn't go through that. That was a result of your own actions. And there's kind of an underlying lack of accountability with him that I, I, I've grown very frustrated with. Yeah, fans get mad when you don't play well, Will. That's, that's what fans do. They're going to do that at your next institution. They're going to do that in the league if you get there. They'll do that in Canada if that's where you play. They do that at every level. Social media gives them a bigger microphone. If he ends up at the school that I think he's going to end up at, and all indications are, he will be there at least right now. He's going to be under a much bigger microscope. Good luck. He's so emotional, Fitz. It, that's 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 the underlying thing, right? Like the yeah. highs are really high. The highs are really high. Total meltdown last night on the sideline after the game. He's he's an emotional guy, and say what you want to say about Skylar Thompson. Say what you want to say about Adrian Martinez. Those guys were you couldn't really get in their head. Like Adrian played horrible. The fans were brutal to him. He had to deal with that for four years at Nebraska, and he never cracked. Nope. He never cracked. And it's, it's it's a sticky situation, right? Like, we we think it's hard for us and the fans. Imagine what that coaching staff is going through right yeah. now. I mean, Chris Kleiman is the most loyal person that you could ever be around. Like, he is loyal to a fault. That's why he kept his best friend as offensive coordinator for however long he did until he finally had to make a change. He is so loyal to Will Howard. The hug he gave him in post game, or, or sorry, in senior night before the game, that was the longest hug I think I've seen from Chris Kleiman on senior night. And was was Will tapping out? Coach, let me go. Let me go. <laughs> yeah, me go. it was about that. It's just, it's hard, man. Like this, there's the, it's. I'm going to use this analogy, and I used it in post game. But for those of you who watch the Royals, and here I am going back to baseball. But 2015, the Royals won the World Series, and. Sure about that. They had a core that was together that was really good. Well, 2017, 2016, they didn't make the playoffs. 2017, the next year, was their last year together. They all decided to come back for one more season together. 
And that's what this reminded me of. They were – that year, the Royals were 500. They were not very good. They had a disappointing season. Fans thought they were going to be able to make the playoffs and win the World Series again. That's what this season is like, Fitz. These guys decided to come back, and they just didn't get the job done. Eight and four is a good season under a lot of circumstances, but eight and four is not a good season after you won the Big 12 championship and you returned all of the pieces that they did. And so that's kind of what last night felt like. It felt like they were had had one last ditch effort to try and go out together with Cooper and Ben and Will and all these guys, and they just didn't get the job done. And it was one of those like. Well, the season has been so frustrating, and that just encapsulated all of it in one game. Yep. And a quick reminder, 75% off our Black Friday slash Cyber Monday sale is going on at Go Powercat right now. Make sure you take care of it. I know it was a disappointing outcome, but you're if you're listening to this, you're a hearty K-State fan. You're, you're in thick and thin, and if you're not subscribing... Please do so. And make sure you're following this podcast you're listening to on whatever platform. Hit subscribe. You continue to help us with our algorithm. We appreciate it very much. Which brings us to the bowl game. Kansas State is going to play in a bowl game. Look, there's a lot of things that got to shake out. We don't know who's getting into the New Year's Six games. You know, what if Oklahoma State wins? Look, they're not. They're going to get their ass kicked. That's not a very good football team right now that had an incredible month in the middle of the season of beating meaningful teams. That uh, set them up to be in this position, but they have limped home, getting their ass kicked at UCF and barely beating a bad BYU team on your own home field. That team's going to get absolutely annihilated by Texas. Mm-hmm. But so we got to figure out who's going to fill the New York Six Bulls. People are saying Oklahoma's not in one. I'm sorry, Oklahoma's 10-2, and two, and they're Oklahoma. I feel like they might get into a New Year's Six Bowl. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know there's some other schools, but if, if you're imagining Louisville as an at-large pick, after they lose to Florida State, after they just lost to Kentucky, getting into a New Year's Six Bowl, I, I find that hard to believe. I mean, Louisville's been good, but the ACC is absolute trash. Florida State doesn't belong in the four. It just doesn't. I don't care if you're unbeaten. You have played absolutely no one, and you barely beat a mediocre Florida. And you lost your stud quarterback, right. too. Anyhow, um, the everything we're hearing is the Pop-Tarts Bowl in Orlando is focused on K-State, despite what happened last night. That rep has been here. Um, three times now. He sat through every post-game press conference. He hung out to the very end. I think they're focused on the K-State Nation, which, you know, I made a joke in the press box. The Alamo Bowl was there last night, too. And uh, someone made a comment about, oh, sorry, my ringer's on. Um, Someone made a comment about um, the K-State fans, because there were a lot of fans that hung out. Students were incredible. Yeah. In were. those conditions, a, a prolonged wet snow. I've never seen snow like that. Um, it was like a just the same amount of snow started about one and ended about one. It was yeah. like 12 hours of just the same snowfall and never let up. Um, but K-State fans were still in the stands. I was impressed with how many people were sticking it out. So there was a comment about that, and I said – you know, very loudly. Just imagine how many fans would drive to San Antonio for a bowl game, uh, which got a laugh out of everyone, including the Pop-Tarts guy, because he knew, well, if they lose, they ain't going to Alamo mm-hmm. Bowl. Um, I, I think we're probably looking at a North Carolina State, Kansas State matchup in the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Now, Orlando sounds great. Folks, it is so flipping expensive to go to Orlando this time of year. 
I don't. I mean, it's it's outrageous. It's absolutely outrageous how expensive it is. Um, I so I don't know how many. I mean, even I've explored charters, and even charters are going to be pushing. You know, more than air, airfare at minimum. At minimum, if you find crappy times to fly at, it's five hundred. Mm-hmm. You're going to be closer to a thousand, and that's what the charters are looking like. K State's not going to go. It's not. Especially after the disappointing end. But there's one thing that might get them to go is a visible transition to next year. I know that the bowl game. What is going on with my. Why is my computer talking to me? I guess we have a third member of this podcast. What? I. I have no idea what it's even talking about. Hey, uh, Siri, shut up. Just interrupting me like that. It's like, it's like having Gilbert around. Um, if they make a visible transition, and I, and I understand that, it's still going here. It's still trying to talk to me. Um, I understand that this bowl game ends the 23 season, but I think it's time to start focusing on 24. I think it's time to start, you know, discussing 24 and and uh, what what could be. I'm just going to say that Avery Johnson uh, needs to be the focus. If Ben Sennett isn't the tight end, there's some young tight ends. If Cooper Beebe doesn't want to play, next man up. Mm-hmm. Let's start to see this transition and have – two, three weeks of solid practice with this group. And let's let's fire people up because this will be a preview. This will be Avery's first game prep as a starting quarterback. It's weird to think about, right? Like, yeah. I mean, we're going to know so much in the next few days, in the next few weeks. Um, yeah, it's um, it'll be fascinating to see what happens because I'm kind of of the opinion that Last night, if they were to have won that game, you're looking at a potential 10-win season. And maybe you do look at this bowl game as a way to kind of send them off on a high note. But with the changing landscape of the Big 12, with the changing landscape of college football, if you can get a head start on the season for next year, there is a very realistic opportunity that K-State is playing in a meaningful game every single week once again in 2024. Right. Like that's just how it is. Every single week is going to be meaningful and you're going to have a chance to win every single game you play in 2024 because the Big 12 is going to be completely wide open. Folks, I really believe that K-State is going to be a top three team in the Big 12 picked in the top three preseason poll once again. I, I firmly believe that. And if they have a good bowl game, they have a good bowl game. They will be in that spot and build some serious yeah. momentum towards next year. Okay, here is the selection process. Once the the playoff and the New Year's Six have picked their teams, um, the first Big 12 Bowl to select will be the Alamo Bowl, which we expect to be Oklahoma. Uh, if it's not Oklahoma, it'll be Oklahoma State. I mean, it'll be one of those schools. And then the Pop-Tarts Bowl comes up. Oh, they've been focused on K-State and KU, and, and there was an indication – that um, they were going to take the winner of the K-State-KU game. Then you get into the Texas Bowl. So if that's Kansas State, I think then the Texas Bowl is Oklahoma State, which makes sense. Then the Liberty Bowl. 
Now, here's the problem. In the pecking order, that would be Kansas. Here's the other problem. Why the hell is Liberty Bowl at this slot? Nobody wants to go to it. Mm-hmm. This has to be a bowl we, we as a conference jettison. I mean, this nobody wants to go to Memphis. Last year was a total fiasco. And every year there are legitimate concerns about safety. I felt more safe in New Orleans than, <laughs> than I did in Memphis. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of a weird thing to say. Uh, but that sounds like it might be Iowa State now. That means the guaranteed rate bowl, which is the Phoenix Bowl that has been had so many names. Just name it something. Name it. It's the Copper Bowl. You just moved it out of Tucson. Just name it something presented by guaranteed. I mean, come on. You're not getting that much money, are you? That'd probably be Kansas. If somehow this gets shuffled, I'm told that the Texas Bowl and the and the guaranteed rate bowl are the bowls that K State are hoping. My guess is, I don't have a source on this, my guess is they will pass on the Liberty Bowl. There is no stomach for going back yeah. to Memphis. Um, then the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, and what a rich history it has. I mean, when you think of bowl games being... Prestigious? You know, pre- yeah, prestigious. You can't get rid of them. That's that's one of them. And the First Responders Bowl, um, which is, you know, ironically, the last response for Big 12 Bowls, except they added the Independence Bowl this year, another bowl that literally no one wants to go to. So if you are to rank from probability, what would you say... Number one, number two, and number three are probability. Wins. I'm going to go sixty percent with uh, pop tarts. Fitz is placing his crystal ball at six percent conf- six uh, level six confidence yep. for the pop tarts bowl. Then I'm going to go in uh, with about a um, a three on the tax act, tax act Texas bowl, an extremely well run bowl. It it really that that's a bowl. I remember the Alamo Bowl was a kind of a trash bowl. And that's where K-State got screwed over in 98. Mm-hmm. They got sent to the fifth spot. So essentially in 98, uh, the Alamo Bowl was the guaranteed rate bowl in the pecking order. That's kind of crazy to think about. Um, but then I would probably put a little little 10% on the guaranteed rate bowl. Because if they slip to the Liberty, they're going to say no. I just know they're going to say no. That would be so incredibly horrible if they are playing it out in Phoenix. I just look at the opponent. K-State has underachieved this year. They're going to have a chance to win, and they're probably going to be favored in all those bowl games, you would think, depending upon, you know, obviously who decides to play and who doesn't. But I think K-State would be favored over NC State, even if NC State – NC State's 9-3, and K-State's 8-4. and I still think K-State would be favored. They're going to be favored if they go to the Texas Bowl over Texas A&M, who doesn't have a coach, and they have to deal with that situation again. Or even the guaranteed why, rate, which would be a Big Ten team. Why do these schools play bowl games when they're, they I, fired I don't their know. coach? If you fired your coach, why would the players – I don't get it. Particularly A&M. You think the losses were bad at LSU, that team that K-State's all in. A&M, if these players find out, what do you mean my NIL isn't guaranteed yeah. now with the coaching change? There's going to be nobody that plays for A&M in a bowl game. Anything else? Do we need to cover anything else? Football season's over, Fitz. It's basically over. Championship week next week. Get into the bowl games pretty quickly here. Um, we'll see where K-State ends up on Sunday along with everything else. I had a guess they're going to Orlando, and good luck getting there. It's a long drive. <sighs> I'm looking at flights as we speak. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, and in all seriousness, if Southwest would offer flights – down and back, 
that's down and back. Here's the day we're leaving, and here's the day we're coming back. Mm-hmm. They'd have a lot of people buy tickets. They'd sell out. If they did a couple flights out of here and a couple flights out of Kansas City, maybe one out of Wichita, I think they would sell every seat if it was reasonable. And by reasonable, I mean 500 a seat for the round trip. That's how bad it is. That's reasonable in this market. Hotels won't be a problem. There's just a ton. But everyone goes to Florida in the winter. I know because I grew up doing it. Spent a lot of Christmases down there in South Florida, but everyone heads to Orlando and Central Florida now, and that's just the way some people live. In this case, state football season has died. <laughs> Except for that bowl game. We'll have a lot of coverage of that at GoPowerCat.com. We appreciate you listening. For Cole, I'm Fitz, and that's it. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.